0: Live from the offices of Great River Investments in the beautiful city of Burlington, Iowa, this is the Marvin Knows Finances Show. I am your host, Marvin Thompson, your certified financial planner. And joining me today is Joe Jolin of Jolin Media in West Burlington, Iowa, and Todd Slatke, CPA, also with Great River Investments. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen in. And as always, for all you listeners on Google Podcasts and Spotify, don't forget to click the subscribe button. If you prefer to see how we make this show come together, please check out our YouTube channel, Marvin Knows Finances, and click subscribe there as well. Just like the last and every time, I have to take care of a little business before we get moving too far forward to make sure my compliance department stays happy and allows me to continue to bring you this wonderful show. Marvin Thompson is an investment advisor and a registered investment advisor with Brokers Financial Member SIPC. Opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers Financial. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Great River Investments LLC does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstances. Well, gentlemen, welcome today. Thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks hey, for having me. Nice us. to be here. Yeah, so we've taken a little bit of a hiatus from recording the podcast for a few weeks. We've had a few uh, changes. We're going to retool the show a little bit. And uh, pretty excited to have you guys joining me from now on out.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
0: So, so you guys want to go ahead and give yourselves a little bit of a background uh, to our listeners about what you're doing and so All forth? You want me to go. Yeah, Todd, um, go first.
2: I'm Todd Sladke. I am a retired uh, finance officer from um, the hospital industry. I've been in healthcare since 1991. Um, prior to that, I was CPA in a CPA firm mostly doing audit work but also some tax individual tax and corporate tax i have uh, been retired for about three years now and am actually helping out with marvin on um, running some financial plans doing some of the background number crunch work it's something i've always had a passion about i'm a big uh, big follower of um various um publications, uh, podcasts, uh, radio shows about finance and have been my whole life. And I just have a real interest in personal finance and um, feel like I have some good tools and good knowledge um, to use, to provide, to share. And so that's why I'm tied up with Marvin.
0: And it also helps that you're one of the smartest men I've ever met in my life. So Thank you. That's another help, too. So, Joe, what about you, bud?
2: Yeah, so my name is Joe
1: Jolin. I've kind of been around in our area as far as working with other uh, corporations, helping them out with uh, marketing. Uh, And then in this last year, I decided to kind of jump ship and go my own route and uh, work with small businesses on, I guess, applying some of the same techniques that large corporations use in marketing to uh, small business. So I founded, I started uh, Jolin Media. and. Things have been going great
0: since. Yeah, and I'm super impressed with Joe's quality of work, the video recording, the podcast recording, the, the print materials, everything top-notch. Website so. to come. Hey, yeah, Website, definitely. Website. So, um, gentlemen, the day is our topic is good debt versus bad debt. Um, a lot of talk about debt right now mm-hmm. in the world. But before we get to that, let's talk about our question of the week. So a client came to me and said, I am getting ready to pay off my car and want to use my credit card so they give me the points um, when I make this purchase. Is this a good idea? By the way, I have the cash to pay off the car. Okay. So I did not like this question because (laughs) if you've listened to any of my previous podcasts, you understand my displeasure with credit cards and so forth. And it's also been said that nobody ever got rich. Off of credit card points, mm-hmm. you know. Have you guys seen those commercials on TV where the business owners are like, "Yeah, I use my credit card points to pay for my medical insurance or my advertising insurance." Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get one percent back, you have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to be able to afford your yes. insurance and stuff like that. You need like to be that. running a lot of money through. You a need be card. running a lot of money through a credit card, and I don't see the benefit of that at, mm-hmm. all, at all. So, um, so the answer to that question um, that the client received from me was no. Um, we do not think this is a good idea because it's like dancing with the devil almost Um, why bother using a credit card to pay it off when you have the cash to pay it off I mean what do you realistically get 120 points on a $12,000 payoff or something like that Hmm. it's just not it's just not worth it so um, what we said was is you have if you have the cash just write a check and pay off the car and stop messing around um, and keep in mind that when you try to play this game, Murphy's law generally tends to come up and bite you in the butt mm-hmm. because all of a sudden you use the credit card, you owe $10,000, $12,000 to pay off the credit card and then whammo, the furnace goes out mm-hmm. and the cash that you're going to use to pay off the credit card is now being used to pay off the furnace and so forth. So it reminds me of a gambler who says, I got a free room at the casino. You know, I got a free meal at the casino Mm -hmm. because the credit card's giving you points. Mm -hmm. It's a big mind game. Mm -hmm. So the answer is absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have the cash, folks, pay it off, move on, and so forth. Yeah, I agree with that. And then the one other point that most people
2: probably don't think of at all, but if it's an organization that you care about, um, let's say you're, you know, in this case, it's a car purchase, so you're probably not really caring about the the bank that you're paying off and so on with that card but if it's uh let's say you're doing your donations to a church and you're doing it through a card and um or you are you have a local business that's the floral shop in town that you're using a credit card but you could just as well use cash there's a somebody has to pay for that so those points they're giving you um come at a cost to the to the uh the person who's doing the sale basically or the person receiving the donation there's a two to five percent fee that they are paying so if you give a $100 donation to your church and you do it by card um, they're getting $95 instead of $100 so if it's an organization you care about that way um, it's probably best to go ahead and use cash or a check and it is more um, it's a better business thing for that local local provider
0: good point good point so uh, that takes us into our actual topic in the day the good debt for the bad debt versus the bad debt And we're going to bring up credit cards right off the bat, okay? Um, Credit card companies are massive. They're monstrous. They have departments that focus on how do you get people to use their product, okay? Now, I'm not telling everybody out there to never have a credit card. I don't go as far as like Dave Ramsey does and says no credit cards whatsoever. Um, I feel there are people out there who can use credit cards, you know, responsibly pay it off each month not get themselves in big trouble but as we mentioned before you know the average family has something like five to seven credit cards per household and carries around ten thousand dollars average debt now if the average interest rate on a credit card is fourteen percent you know it doesn't take long to get yourselves in trouble so I'm gonna put credit cards definitely in the bad category and like I said I want you to keep in mind you know it's an emotional game when you are, are, are using these credit cards. You know, you almost feel like you can spend more as opposed to handing cash to the teller and stuff like that, so.
2: And that's kind of been proven
0: out. I mean, I don't really have the study on that,
2: but it has been proven out. If you have to lay $20 bills down on a table, there's a different hurt to that than there is to just plug your card in the machine and, and go. And then the hurt comes a month later, um, you know, and sometimes with interest and fees.
0: Well, that's the other part about it too, is the interest and fees, because you know it's it's ridiculous. You know, if you owe ten thousand dollars and you get a bill that says you owe me a minimum of two hundred bucks, you're never really ever getting anywhere on paying off that credit card. It's, a lot of people
2: do focus in on that minimum amount due, and it it barely covers the interest. So if you're putting interest. new charges on the next month, mm-hmm. you're just digging a hole.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, So the credit cards and the emotions, Uh, Todd just mentioned it, you know, it's a different hurt when you reach into your wallet and you pull out a bill. Um, You know, a $100 bill coming out of your wallet versus a $100 charge on a credit card is is way different mentally. It's the same amount of money, but it does feel different. Um, So you really want to be careful when you're using these credit cards. Um, Another thing, of course, is when you're you're, um, in situations where you feel like you need something. You know, I always use the expression, you don't necessarily need a 50-inch TV today. You hmm. know, so... You need 55. You need 55. You need 60, <laughs> you know. And it gets easier and easier with that credit card to to do those types of things. So it's not a wise investment. It's something that we say, if you can handle it responsibly, then by all means, have a credit card. Um, enjoy the points programs. They they do benefit you a little bit in that aspect. But if you're one of those people out there who just continuously use your card, rack up the uh, the credit um rack up the debt it's by by no means a good thing no means a good thing um so guys when you hear people talk about well my interest my credit card is interest free what do you think like i have the, a zero like the, percent interest on my yeah credit like a
2: six month uh, no you know purchase the furniture yes. don't pay for 18 months that yes. kind of thing so my understanding is that um they they will be true to that unless you slip up so if you slip up for one month they will go back and say, you know, all of that interest that we didn't charge from six months ago through now, you missed a payment. You 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 hiccuped, and um, they go after it. So all of a sudden, it all becomes. It all uh, becomes. It all becomes yep. interest you do, you are owing.
0: So Todd, what you're saying is, is that I shouldn't go to my local furniture and store and do a zero percent five year no payment no interest type of arrangement when I, my furniture is probably not even going to last five years? I would not.
2: Yeah. If your <laughs> dogs and kids are going to ruin it in two years, but you're still paying for it five years from now, yeah. not a good
0: idea. Might be better to go to the Salvation Army and something like that and look for a good used couch in That's that That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you happen to know what the interest rate on those credit cards are for the furniture stores? Mm-hmm.
2: I would think in the 24%, 24%. range.
0: 24%. Yep. 24% I think is what the last time I heard our local uh, furniture store was using. And, uh, they're a very well known furniture store too. So people be careful when you're out, kind when or when you're doing that kind of stuff. Um, so I have a client right now who is, um, trying to get out of credit card debt and she keeps telling me that she shouldn't pay it off because it is interest free. It's 0% interest, you know, and she can make more money on her investments than by paying it off. What do you guys think of that?
2: I am a debt averse guy, very debt averse and I think there is an emotional cost. To that thinking and um, you know some people would disagree with me and I'm totally fine that they disagree with me but there is a satisfaction to knowing um, that you don't have that monthly bill hanging out there mm-hmm. that that income coming into you you are more in control of what you're going to do with it that month as opposed to hey I got these five credit card bills they all have a hundred dollar payment I should be making on them I got my house payment to make I got to buy groceries and put gas in my car and all of a sudden you know, that check that I got, um, it's gone before mm-hmm. I really
0: get to do anything with it. Yep. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Joe, what about you?
1: I feel the same way.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. We just don't believe in carrying debt. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line. All right. <laughs> so uh, credit card debt, we obviously know what we feel about that. Let's talk about car loans and student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Student loan debt is quickly either catching or passing credit card debt in this country. And I, don't, I should have looked up the exact figure of, of student loan debt. I've mentioned it before on the show. But student loan debt is a real big problem. But I really start to see people talking about it more and more and more. It's mm-hmm. becoming very impressive, this generation of children getting ready to go to college. Some of them are seriously looking at it and going, do I need to go to college? Mm-hmm. You know, Joe, you and I were talking earlier this morning about you have a son who wants to get into the same type of work that you're doing right mm-hmm. now, you know. Mm-hmm. Is it necessary for him to go rack up twenty, forty, sixty thousand dollars of student loan debt to do it, when he can get perfectly good hands-on experience, and in ninety-nine percent of the time nowadays, you can go on YouTube, mm-hmm. and you can just Google search yeah. how or YouTube search how to do, you know, podcast recording as an example. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Yeah, it just it, what I find fascinating, is that, like you said back when you and I were in college, it was it was just kind of the norm. I mean, you go to college and you just know you're going to get you know, you know, you're just going to have, you're going to rack up student debt. And I don't know between, I guess I haven't been paying attention, but between our time and now time, uh, there was in the middle of that, it almost seemed as if these numbers for student debt was just crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I I can't even understand. And then not only that, that, that's a whole nother topic, probably looking at, you know, what they're actually going to school for. Mm -hmm. um, And if that could ever be repaid, you know, with uh, with that type of salary from that position. But, but I think it's just to hit that tipping point, like you said, where people can look and see that they can get all that knowledge somewhere else, mm-hmm. or, or or I should say alternative methods. And I'm not necessarily saying that you shouldn't go to college. I'm not saying that by any means. But when people actually see th- the amount of money that it's going to cost, mm-hmm. they kind of start second-guessing Yeah. looking at other means.
2: I'd just add, I'm a generation behind you guys, and my generation, or my... Uh, my my period of time in college, which was early early 80s, basically, 1980s, um, a whole century ago, is that it was affordable. I worked part-time. I basically was able to... I lived at home, and I went to the college that was in my town, and I was able to do it as I went. And I really don't think that's possible anymore. You you really... the Just the price of school is so high compared to what you can work part-time and earn, um, it just doesn't match up anymore. And that's probably where part of the, mm-hmm. the debt problem has, has gone. The inflation on um, school costs has just outstripped um, regular inflation. And it just keeps going up. And then, you know, it's just kind of this, you sign your name and you get this $5,000 note for this semester, and then you do it again next semester. And, you know, sometimes you have your parents signing off on that with you. And um, you just have this ball of debt by the time you get out. And then it's like, okay, well, my job doesn't really support this level of debt that I've incurred and I'm in trouble. And um, you know, a lot of the talk right now is about you know, the forgiveness of student debt by the government. And, and somehow there's this feeling that, that just comes from somewhere magically. And it's, it's like, there's no free lunch. In this equation as well, there's no free lunch. So if that is being forgiven, um, I don't know how you really reconcile that with all the people that have paid off their student loans over time and will continue to pay their debt off over time. And that money has to come from somewhere. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, that's a real catch 22, I think.
0: So the Biden administration has actually, actually gotten rid of some student loan debt, um, mainly in colleges like the private type of colleges or how do I don't want to put that uh, I would almost call them fake colleges, you know, <laughs> They weren't accredited (laughs) universities, things like that, but they were eligible for student loan debt. So a lot of those people have had their debt paid off. But, you know, I've had school teachers come to me or attorneys come to me or people who work in the public service and say, you know, there's a 20-year or a 10-year debt forgiveness on the student loan, you know, as long as I make my payments every year and so forth. But, folks, it's like less than 1% of those loans are actually forgiven. So, you know, you spend all these years paying off it with the hope that at the end of 10 years or 12 years those debts are forgiven by the government. It's extremely rare that it actually happens. So keep in mind that if you're thinking along those lines, uh, do some research on it. So you're going to be, unfortunately, um, disappointed with what the actual results are. And uh, you never know. I mean, the administration may come out along and wipe out a lot more student debt. Right. They seem to be willing to spend money like crazy. So you never know. It's a possibility.
2: I would just like to add, to, um you know, we talked a little bit about emotion on credit card debt or or any kind of debt, just the, the emotion of that good feeling about having it paid off. As a parent of kids that have gone through college, um, there's an emotional tie to this as well. When your 18-year-old kid or 17-year-old kid comes to you and says, I want to go to the school that's $50,000 a year, when they could go to the community college here for $5,000 a year or, or free or $3,000 a year, or whatever it may be. Um, and get a couple of years under their belt. There is a um, a maturity in knowing about what that cost payback looks like five, ten years from now when they're faced with paying the piper, basically. So it's it's uh, it's hard because the parent sometimes has to be the the gatekeeper to whether you actually go on with that really expensive school, which is the dream, versus the practical, and then the parent can be the real bad guy yeah, in the practical.
0: But, but Todd, people are afraid of their kids. Yes. You yes. can't tell a kid no today. Yes, that's true. I mean, my God, you might get arrested that's for being th- a parent.
2: That's true. You're it's right.
0: unbelievable. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about car loans, guys. Car loans. We've all had car loans in the past. Yes. Um, folks, taking out $30,000, $50,000 to buy a car that depreciates in value the second you drive it off the lot is insane. Okay.
2: And I've seen uh, eighty-four month terms now yep. on cars. Yep, that's the next that's, thing I was going to mention. Seven years—that's
0: seven years now. You know, there's a uh, Cadillac Escalades out there right now that are costing over a hundred thousand dollars to buy. Now, in the town we live in, you can get a house for a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Still, I know out in the East Coast and West Coast, that's a laugh. Yeah. But. Um,
2: I saw a Ford pickup
0: advertised that was over hundred thousand dollars. A pickup truck. It's a really nice pickup. But how many do you have? I have none. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> he must have been. I've there got before. my eye on it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, so but once again, you know, we're definitely going to put student loans and car loans in the category of bad debt because you're borrowing money at a fairly high interest rate on something that depreciates in value. It's just not worth it. Not worth it at all. And one little buyer's point I'd like to make here when you go to the car dealership and you know, you're gonna finance a car One of the questions they ask you is how much can you afford Mm -hmm. per month? Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, Do not answer that question Do not answer that question because if you go there and say I can afford 500 bucks a month or 600 bucks a month uh, They will stretch that term out as long as they can and they will make that interest rate as high as they possibly can and show, two, and show you the fanciest car, and show you the fanciest car, et cetera, et cetera. Always buy based on the price of the car, and then the interest rate. Don't buy based on the payment amount. Okay,
2: yeah. and that's it's because it's a it's a basically a four factor formula. Basically, that's I it. mean, any you vary any one of the factors, and you can make it fit. That's so, right. you can vary the purchase price, you can vary the term, you can vary the interest rate, and you can vary the payment amount. Yep you tell me you can make a $500 payment. I can make, uh, I'll make that work. I can make that work. That's right. Um, the math is not that hard. And, um, if, if, if the dealer is better at the math than you are, you're going to lose.
0: Now, so we're talking about people buying cars on traditional loan basis. Mm -hmm. What about people who buy leased cars? What about people who lease cars? Mm. Terrible, 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 not not a fan of leasing, not a fan of leasing myself Um, either.
2: Pretty large payment. Um, You know, it's 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 a savings in monthly payment amount from what you would have under a loan, but at the end of that three-year term, and you're boxed into a minimum, you know, a maximum of fifteen thousand miles a year, twelve thousand miles a year, whatever whatever you buy or whatever you're paying for, um, you got you've got nothing. You're really kind of forced. You're really kind of forced into the next lease. Yeah,
0: Dave Ramsey calls it fleecing. Fleecing of America for a reason. Fleecing of America. So Mm -hmm. stay away from that too all right so we've talked about uh, a lot of bad debt right now is there any such thing as good debt okay so borrowing money on something that appreciates in value in my humble opinion is fairly it's pretty good debt okay so the first thing that comes to mind would be land or borrowing for a home okay Um, most people out there cannot go afford you know at a young age and put $300,000 down on a home with money out of pocket so you got to borrow money for that okay Um, this is okay because in most places in the United States, the value of real estate is continuing to go up partially due to inflation, partially due to supply and demand, et cetera, et cetera. So um, when, you, when you borrow money for a home, though, I'm going to give you a rule that I want you to consider. Um, never, borrow, well, never, never borrow money to the point where your payment is going to be more than 25% of your take-home income on a 15-year note. Okay? okay you don't want to do 20-year notes you don't want to do 30-year notes if you're looking at a ratio 25 percent of your take-home income on a 15-year note is the really the maximum you should be borrowing Is that with uh, taxes and insurance or just the principal and interest part i would say with just the principal and interest part okay okay um, that will maybe afford you a little bit more home by that aspect um it's just something to do on a day-to-day or on a case-by-case basis basically is what you're looking at okay So good debt builds value, bad debt loses value, bottom line. Um, Let's talk a little bit about credit scores and history. Anybody ever talk to somebody who brags about their credit score? I do.
2: I've not really heard bragging about it, but I've I've, I've definitely had comparisons with people. Actually, I've had it with my wife, hers is like, four points higher than mine for whatever reason <laughs> and uh, so we have a little talk about that once in a while she
1: digs it in on you
0: like yeah you ever just take a credit card out in her name and then don't pay the bill yeah just that so it drops do that. down I a have bit. that ability <laughs> I know her <our> password yeah. <laughs> so credit card uh, credit score ranges anywhere from what the low 500s up to eight 850, in 800 somewhere 840 something like that and basically you know the higher the credit score it shows the uh, the bank or the lending person that you're willing to borrow money um, and more importantly, you are a um, good person at paying the money's back. Responsible. Responsible yeah. person. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, now, um, there's some new thought about whether you even need a credit score or not. And I know people <clears throat> hear me say that, and they're like, "How is that possible? I need a credit score. I need to be in that 700 range. I need to be the 800 range." Well, when I hear that, what that tells me is you still haven't bought into the concept of being debt-free and being in a cash society. Mm-hmm. What that's telling me is you're willing at some point in the future to go out and borrow more money. Okay, Because if that credit score is so important to you, that's what you're gonna do. Eventually you're gonna finance something else and you're gonna be right back in the same position you were before. Mm -hmm. So um, I know it sounds crazy to have a zero credit score, but it doesn't mean that you're a bad credit risk if you have a zero credit score. Mm. Um, I think that people are starting to realize that if you have a zero credit score, you're probably even more responsible than the people with the seven and the 800 credit scores Mm. because you're not heavily in debt. You're paying on cash. you can go out and get mortgages with a zero credit score. Um, there's something you need to do with banks or mortgage brokers. It's called manual underwriting. Now, I'm not familiar with the product or process and how that actually works. But a zero credit score is not a bad thing. It's almost better, in my opinion, than having a super high credit score. OK? So um, I'm not
2: familiar. Um, I've heard this a little bit on radio shows and stuff. But but is, is there a tie in the credit score into insurance rating and so on? yes
0: so um back in my past life you know i sold auto insurance and i was selling auto insurance around the time where they just started checking credit scores okay and somehow the actuaries and insurance companies have tied credit scores into the possibilities of you getting into a car accident or things like that having claims hmm. so um but once again they're, they're they've had to adjust too right you know uh, you take somebody with a zero credit score who has a few hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank you know, and who knows what they do for a living, but they're probably not a bad risk. Right. Okay. Um, and if you do have a zero credit score and you go talk to your insurance agent, make sure you warn them so they can have a conversation with their underwriters about that. Yes. You know, I've purposely worked to get my credit score down to zero. Yes. That kind of discussion. But that's a very good point. <laughs> that's a very good point. Okay. How do you get a good credit score or a bad credit, bad credit score from a good credit score to a good credit score? Anybody know? Um borrow money and yeah, pay it back borrow money pay it like back on time we'll get a so credit forth.
1: card and pay it on time
0: don't we'll get a credit yeah. card and pay it on time um, what do you do like in my situation where my daughter uh, actually turns 21 tomorrow and she has a zero credit score right now but she's really freaked out about the possibility of needing to borrow money at some point in the future and not having a credit score what are some things you can do hmm. so i told her you know one of the things we can do is we can go out and we can put the her cell phone and her name under her own her own um, social security number or things like that and then she can make the payments each month that'll immediately give her a good credit score
1: so you're basically saying tie in or have them go directly to the expenses that they have and just pay those off that's right yeah Yeah. not necessarily getting a credit card to make those payments just whatever expense things that you have in your name or can put under your name yep do that
0: things like that Mm -hmm. okay um you can put um children on your own accounts you know that shows um, a history of payment and stuff like that so they benefit from it too so if you're in a situation where your credit score at one time was good, but maybe due to some unforeseen circumstances has dropped, you know, first of all, stop borrowing money. Okay. Because that's what got you in trouble in the first place. But secondly, just really focus on that budget and start making those payments um, on time every month. Um, don't have late fees. Don't be bouncing checks. Don't be doing things like that. It's a pretty simple process to get your, t- your credit score back up. Um, unfortunately, it just takes time and that's really the biggest problem everybody has is they don't want to be they don't want to wait the time they want to do it right away so okay I got one
2: little add to credit score in history um this would be about two years ago we were traveling and um, I had my backpack in the rental car and I had in it my iPad and an old iPhone which I use as a as an as an iPod and that backpack the lock got punched on this van the backpack got stolen and one of the, um, you know, stupid moves on my part is that in a note, in an iPad note, is where I kept all my passwords. So I immediately, and, and the iPad had a password on it, but just the four-digit password, which is pretty breakable. So I was pretty freaked out about this. And um, the, the thing I've, I, I looked into, um, you know, locking down credit with LifeLock or something like that. Um, which has an, a monthly fee to it. And um, I ultimately did decide on one of those. It wasn't LifeLock. But what I did do, which ties into credit history and, and score, is I went in and froze my credit um, on all, um, with, the, with the three major um, credit reporting agencies, which is a hassle if you go into a store and you want to take advantage of their 10 or 15% off your purchase today if you open a card with us that's a good thing actually mm-hmm. it is a hassle it's a blocker you you can't just do that that quickly and uh, if you have a problem with you want to open more credit cards by doing this this is a this is a good a little good precaution for yourself is as well as a security precaution so our credit right now is is uh, frozen um, can't open new credit. It, it has totally dropped off all the junk mail offers in the in the mailbox mm-hmm. from the credit card companies because they, they can't query um, your information to even find out that you're a good risk and now I want to send you an offer in the mail. So it's ended all of that as well. So that's something I would recommend. It's pretty easy to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you do need to keep this pin on hand should you ever want to unfreeze it. You need this particular pin um, that you would call uh, the agencies or go online in advance of buying something on credit but that's okay. just a and i'm, I'm hoping
0: you don't have that in your apple notes now i do not <laughs> <laughs> okay good i good. do not have any uh, passwords in apple we notes could probably do a i whole, actually uh, show on yeah, security <laughs> i have a security <laughs> uh, system
2: keeper yes
0: very good All right. Well, uh, let's close the show up a little bit today. So, um, Oh, sorry, Joe. Yeah,
1: sorry. I just have a question. So um, I guess in this question I'm going to represent any small business owner probably because I am one, but what would your recommendation be for someone in a small business role as far as credit cards are concerned or they need something to start up or something like that? What do you kind of recommend?
0: Well, first of all, I would try to avoid using the credit cards for the small business startup. Okay. If you're going to have to borrow money from um, anybody, I would probably talk to a local bank. Uh, maybe talk about a small business loan mm-hmm. um, right off the bat. Okay? And, of course, the other thing I would tell any person considering a small business is you really have to do some studies as to your cash flow, what's going to be happening. Because the last thing you want to do is go out and borrow money from a bank or a credit card. Uh, let's say you rack up five ten thousand dollars in the first month just buying equipment but you only mm-hmm. get a couple hundred dollars of cash flow coming in mm-hmm. you know you can get yourself in real big trouble really quick mm-hmm. so I would avoid the credit cards at pretty much all cost I would definitely have a good relationship with a commercial lender at your mm-hmm. local bank and I, I would even maybe even go so, bar, so far as maybe borrow money from a family member or something although that's a terrible idea in most mm-hmm. cases mm-hmm. Um, but just don't get yourself in that credit card trap yeah. by being a new by being a new business owner, okay? And watch those expenses extremely well, making sure that your cash flow on the other side is matching up with that pretty good, okay? And there may be programs I'm
2: really not that familiar with the whole area, but the whole um, small business development. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a small business development center here at uh, the community college. Mm -hmm. They would be a good resource for startup business kind of Ideas of what what
0: funding might be available out there. That's a very good point. Very good point. Sure. So all right, so um, Closing the show now uh, debt that builds value is considered a good debt Although really no debts good, but this is a better debt uh, Virtually all other debt in our opinion is considered bad proper management of debt can be acceptable, but no debt is the best Keep that in mind folks uh, today My heartfelt thanks goes out to all of you for listening um, and as usual a special thanks to Joe Jolin and Todd Slatkey for joining me today And providing all their input um, I want to hear from you. Please reach out to me by either giving me a call at 319-576-2264 or visit our newly designed website at www.greatriverinvestments.com and going to the contact, contact Us section of the site. I remember my team will be in touch with you shortly to discuss our next steps together. Thank you again for listening to the Marvin Knows Finances Show. This is Marvin Thompson, your certified financial planner. Have a great day.